What do you do when you're facing challenges to remember that God is all there is? How do you apply spiritual principle in the real world? What are your daily spiritual practices? These are the kinds of questions we'll talk about in this show. Your hosts, Leslie and Tracy, will share their experiences, but also want to learn from your insights, your questions, and your suggestions. So, don't just listen in. Call us with your comments. everybody. Welcome to Say Yes to Spirit, show number 218. <laughs> My name is Tracy. I'm Leslie. Just today. 218, that makes me feel old or something. Or I should be somehow saying yes to spirit more easily if I've done this 218 times. <laughs> Seems like it should only take 150 times. And then oh. You could be able to stop after that. You would just... B. You forgot to place that order <laughs> with the universe. <laughs> oh, 218 hours of saying yes to spirit consciously. Seems like that should have some sort of bank value. Spiritual well, maybe bank. you could look at it the other way. So I had so many your, hours of no, the other? Oh, no. <laughs> what would your life be like if you had not ah, yes. been saying yes to spirit yes. for at least these 218 yes. hours? Yes, I would probably not still be in this uh, human realm, perhaps. Which is a perfect lead-in to our theme today, that how much more pain would you have in your life <laughs> if you weren't saying yes to spirit? Um, every week we have a theme on the show that at least gets us started talking about and focusing on a specific aspect of saying yes to spirit. And this week our theme is Pain, P-A-I-N. four-letter word. Well, yes, it is that, isn't it? Um, and so we'll dive into that today, but before we do, we always try to connect the dots with our most recent shows, so um, Leslie, <laughs> Leslie loves doing this, <laughs> and our most recent show was Falling in Love with Spirit. And today our theme is pain. <laughs> Obviously, we didn't think that through. Um, and uh, so uh-huh. I hear connected that music. Trigger play. that music, and I'll uh, somehow magically suggest the uh, obvious. Uh, is there a connection between falling in love with spirit and pain? You know, uh, Oprah's favorite saying that she didn't make up, but I always like to attribute anything I can to Oprah. You know, you can learn through joy just as easily as we learn through pain. But it certainly seems to be the human experience that uh, I choose to learn through pain more than I to learn through joy. So uh, falling in love with spirit is sadly deepened through the pain of my human experience, and um, you know, that is uh, uh, really kind of a, an interesting, uh, what would you say that, uh, when things are opposites, an, an interesting connection that sadly seems to be in the pain of my life, I fall more deeply in spirit because I turn to spirit. If I didn't have pain, I wouldn't have any need to have spirit, right? Uh. That's the idea. 
I went went bowling with a group of people last night, and I probably have only bowled Ooh, four times in my not usually a sport. It's terribly strenuous. Well, yeah, because you're all. No, the weight of the ball, the ball is like doing weights. And no, I used to. I mean, I tried different ways, but still, you know. So my arms really aren't that. You short. have that all that the ball. because of the bowling. You roller skate every week. My roller skating makes my legs really strong. Bowling uses your torso, and when you're leaning and doing follow through, it's all in the middle of your body. And so, yeah, I maintain that. From bowling. I love you. Does that sound as judgmental as I'm feeling? That seems like a lot. Well, I'm not using them all. I have them available to see what I need. (laughs) Oh, it's like you've had those on hand. You just pulled them off your shelf. Right, because I roller skate. Because, yes. Because I roller skate, I have a shelf that has muscle pain relievers and, yeah, all it back. Pain because depending on how hard I roller skate, yeah, and no, I can I'm see different roller skating. Yes, so my legs are fine. My legs are not hurting at all, but my lower back and my around my waist, and because it's a lot of um, it's a lot of core that you're using when you're bowling, and and it was great fun. <laughs> So I'm not in emotional pain, but I'm in physical pain. Maybe I should use bowling as a new workout plan. I never really considered that as much of a, I should, I love you. I'm so sorry that you're in pain. That's what I meant to say. I like that last part. Maybe you should go bowling. Maybe I should, yes. And then you would understand. Yeah. Right. Yes. Um, yeah. The True next that. morning. I even yeah lifted a bowling ball. I'm sure. Yeah. So I haven't. I've, I. Even with last buffet. night, I am pretty sure that I can count the number of times I have bowled on one hand. Really. So it yeah really and so um I had it was hilarious you know I had no no idea what, what was your I was score? doing. Well, I don't remember. <laughs> However, I was just playing for fun. We didn't keep score. That's what she could say. Well, we That's didn't automatic keep score, score, but the it automatic, automatically yeah. did. Exactly. Uh, no, actually, I had the highest score on my team. Wow. What are the rest like this morning? And my score was over 100. Oh, well, when that's we, When we played the full game, I want to say it was... One ten or one eleven. How do you play a half again? Well, what happened was we had the lanes for a certain amount of time. So when we got done with the first full game, uh-huh. we still had you know time. So uh, we just started the next game, but we only played. I don't know what are they called. They're not innings. They're not quarters. There are ten of them. Oh, but whatever ten. they're called, yes, I don't we know. played Seconds. as long yeah. as our time allowed us to. Just how many for people fun. played? Um, we had two teams, and one team had six people, and one team had seven. Wow, that's a party. Yeah, it was a party, and it was great, and um, and yeah. Anyway, so that's how pain got to be the topic because physical pain mm-hmm. is present in my mind right at this moment, although it is so much better right now than it was 
three hours ago. <laughs> and um, Because of the buffet. And I am sure that we may also talk about how to sing Yes to Spirit, have anything to do with mental pain, emotional pain, spiritual. Can you have spiritual pain? Let's <laughs> hope not. I think emotional pain uh-huh. is what would be misinterpreted. If you're having spiritual pain, it's actually really emotional, emotional pain. pain. Yes. Okay. And you know, when you said pain, I never, it never even entered my mind physical pain. Yeah. That's so outside of my idea. Don't experience physical pain. Emotional pain. That's, that is your territory. That is did. my bounty. That is my bounty. But when you say physical pain, that certainly is a really, I could easily connect the dots there to um, how people connect to spirit when we get into, you know, physical when people get their calamity. Uh, right, or their, the unexpected medical diagnosis right. or the, um, you know, the unexpected heart attack or stroke and you're in pain in that moment and help me God. Yeah. Or you are injured in a, at a sporting event or thinking about athletes who, you know, mm-hmm. get injured in the course of doing, of playing that game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that moment are calling on, yes, the, the 911. Allah, please, uh, somebody, anybody. So... But, yeah, the physical pain um, is, is what generated that being our, our topic for today. But we can talk about emotional pain and fear and doubt and all of those things as well. You're more comfortable with that, Leslie. Um, you know, it occurs to me, though, in, a, in an interesting way, looking at your buffet of um, pain remedies, is that that is kind of a natural... Thing that in my human state, I will look for a buffet of remedies outside of myself on the counter in the medicine chest, metaphorically because I don't have a medicine chest. But um, <clears throat> that I that there seems to be for me kind of a knee jerk reaction to look outside. What can I what can I do externally? to relieve this inner sense of emotional pain mm-hmm. and um, the ultimate pain reliever, it would seem, when I can think about times when I've been you know, pain-free emotionally for those 12 minutes in 1986, um, it was an internal fix. It's the internal... Um, spiritual practice, the internal rituals, the internal state of mind, the internal belief system, the internal perspective that alleviates. And see, see, I can't even say that if I'm really being conscious about my language. If If I'm really being, then there's no emotional pain to alleviate. I happen to believe that you know any kind of physical or emotional pain is sort of an illusionary construct that um, that my human mind will tell me is occurring, 
But when I sort of like in a plane when there's, uh, you know, a storm on the plane on the ground when I'm taking off and I have this rain and thunder and lightning and then I break through the clouds and the sun has always been there, I'm pondering this concept that if I'm being in my spiritual being, then there really wouldn't be that external experience of emotional or physical pain. What do you think about that? I think it's very deep. I think I agree there would not be any emotional pain. But physical pain is physical pain that has to do with what's going on with the physical form. Well, not just not human in terms of adjective, but the physical, the earth suit. It's what's happening to the earth suit. And the nerves in our bodies are trained to use pain as a warning signal that something needs to be adjusted for this earth suit to operate properly. Because mm-hmm. otherwise, you know, if I don't take care of my body, where do I live? Kind of thing <laughs> when I'm having the human experience. Because outside of the body, I, I exist, but I need the body to have the human experience. So I think the being, being in beingness does not eliminate the physical pain, it's just I have a different story about it. Mm. So the physical pain can happen. I could break my leg. I could fall and break my leg. Mm-hmm. I don't even like saying that. I cannot <laughs> fall. I cannot break my leg. Yes. As a skater, that is just not mm-hmm. something to use as an example. So I could... Uh, which happened a few weeks ago, I could accidentally prick my finger and have blood gushing out and have pain in that spot because my there's an abrasion, my skin's been penetrated, I have a cut, I'm the blooding, the blooding. The bleeding doesn't hurt, but the finger hurts because it's been punctured, right? Mm-hmm. And... That hurts. I was in a perfect state of calm and peace before. Mm-hmm. I was in a perfect state of calm and peace. In fact, uh, I was at an airport when this happened, and I had blood, like, gushing everywhere. People are running away from and, um But I need to get to the gate because You're my late. flight has board, is, is in the process of boarding. <laughs> Tracy Brown. And if I I'm and I really did have the thought because I really was in a calm state. It was like, hmm, if I go into the bathroom and you know rinse this and try to get it to stop bleeding and put pressure and all of that, there's a good chance that they could close the door of the plane, even though I technically still have ten minutes. But oh, I hate that. That seems so unfair know, to me. It's like me, but I know it's not, the airport was not crowded. It was a small airport. It was, you know, I knew the flight was not going to be full. And sometimes airlines go ahead and close the door. So I, so I'm like, I'm like, oh, I'm bleeding. Oh, that really hurts. But if I stop in the bathroom, they won't know I am here. I mean, they'll know on the computer, but they may not hold the flight. 
and the gate was like right past the bathrooms. And so I go to the gate and I'm bleeding and I have a paper towel. I had a Ooh. towel or a tissue or something wrapped around it. I'm like, you know, I'm kind of bleeding here. Any chance you have a Band-Aid? And, my, and the, the pain, the physical pain, it was starting to throb by that point. Mm. So I had the pain, but I wasn't emotionally wrapped up in, mm-hmm. oh, I'm, you know, I've got this pain, and now what am I going to do? And, oh, these kinds of things always happen to me, and I'm almost late for my flight, and, oh, it's going to, you know, they're going to leave. It wasn't, there wasn't any drama about it as I'm standing over her trash can dripping blood, and she went to the bathroom. That's quite the cut. <laughs> and got some wet paper towels, and she went. So she was holding the flight Very nice. versus me. I'm like, thank you, God. That worked out just perfectly. And when I got on the flight, the flight attendants, of course, had a first aid kit, mm. and they had Band-Aids, and they gave me a little cup of water, and so I could rinse it. And by the time we actually pulled off, it was cleaned up and wrapped up and hurting. But emotionally, there was no pain, but physically there was, if that makes any Mm -hmm. sense. So that's why I think you can have physical pain. And that saying yes to spirit will help you eliminate or living in the beingness of spirit will help you minimize or eliminate the emotional drama, but it doesn't necessarily remove the physical pain. I like that word necessarily because in in my uh, theoretical thinking there there is an there is the option to not experience physical pain to that there is a there is I've had experiences where I had a something like that a cut or something where there was you know I was feeling physical pain and then mentally kind of made a construct in terms of do I want to choose quote unquote to feel feel this physical pain or not. I think that's a very strange concept for most people but and I have had the experience where I was able to not have physical pain associated with something that in theory, quote unquote, would be causing physical pain. Um, so it's kind of like that, you know, walk through walls kind of thing. If we're, uh, the the the, the uh, spirituality on steroids idea. Mm-hmm. If, uh, and I think if I kind of, stay in that state of beingness, there's more of an observation to it, even if, uh, and, and I think that's true with my emotional pain as well, if I can be in the state of being, uh, there can be something really dramatic happening emotionally, but I'm observing it, I'm not being it. Of course, most times in my life, you know, I kind of dive into the being it, it's much more interesting and dramatic and, you know, creative. But in terms of choice and a a healthy standpoint, if I'm Al-Anon or 12-step programs, Al-Anon specifically talks about detach with love. If I can detach from the emotional pain and look at it as something happening around and not to, um, it shifts. And I can tell in my language, and I can tell in you know people who I 
no language. You, know, you can tell the difference between when I'm in in the pain and when I'm observing the pain. When I'm observing the pain, it's sort of funny. It's sort of fun. ironic. Well, yeah, I now, I I use I agree with you in, in that way, and I use that a lot. So even if it's something like I really feel crappy because I have you know what we commonly call a, a cold or you know, not really the flu, but I'm just not feeling really good. Um, and I do know that I use the truth of spirit as health and wholeness to, and I do detach from it to the perspective of if you ask me how I'm doing, I'm likely to say, you know, I'm really doing great. My body's having a little drama right now, or my body's mm-hmm. dealing or fighting off some little bug or something. But actually, I'm really good. And there's that that separation. Um, and for me, I can I'm really in having the same experience. The experience is neutral. And for me, the connection is still emotional. It's like if I'm emotionally wanting to be the victim and have people feel sorry for me and get attention and those kinds of things, it's amazing how much sicker I feel. Exactly. Much more, yes, yeah, Because I am emotionally feeding mm-hmm. versus standing in the truth of, of spirit, which is, you know, whatever's happening is just something that's happening, but mm-hmm. it's not who you are. Mm-hmm. And so um, so it doesn't mean that I'm not having the sniffles or congestion or laryngitis or whatever it is. My physical body is experiencing that. Mm-hmm. But I'm not buying into a story of I am, the I am that I am mm-hmm. is sick. Mm-hmm. Or the I am that I am feels lousy because the I am that I am is all always feels great and just finds oh isn't that interesting this little experience that you're having right now it's not it's going to be gone in a day or two so yeah let's just watch it or let's just see what happens um, and so I do think sometimes our emotional state and our false belief magnifies mm-hmm. the level of whatever the physical pain is. Mm-hmm. And interestingly, what just went through my mind was, at least I think this is a really interesting example. <laughs> Let's see. So one the of my friends have a, um, has a mother who is in her 90s. And is this me? Am I the friend? My mother's in my neck. You would not be this friend. Okay. And so, um, and his mother is beginning, has been showing symptoms of what we label as Alzheimer's, you know, the not being able to remember, the being disoriented, the being lost, uh, especially the closer term the memory is, like, you know, what's happening today. While she can still remember, you know, vast detail about what was going on when she was a child or a teenager or a young adult. And so this has been growing over a period of time. And a few months ago, she was 
ended up being rushed to the hospital. Long story short, it was an event because her heart rate was was vacillating or varying, and so she had ended up having surgery. They inserted a pacemaker so that her heart would have a regular rhythm, and she's been, you know, as fine as she was before physically. And so what's really interesting in how this relates to what we were saying is that because of her short-term memory loss, she doesn't have any recall of needing to be rushed to the hospital. She doesn't have any recall of being in the hospital. Mm -hmm. She doesn't have any recall of having surgery. She doesn't have any recall, any mental story, Uh any human mental story about the drama of it. Or the doctor saying, you know, you need, you'll probably have to take, you know, eight weeks or ten weeks to get your energy level back or any right. of that. Right. So she's had like this miraculous recovery because she doesn't have this Come story. Uh-huh. And she, if you ask her how she is, uh-huh. she's like, I'm just fine. You know, I've had a little trouble with my memory, but but I'm just fine and everything is okay. And so I was having, um, you know, it, it to me it's such a powerful example about the story in our mind right. defining our experience. Right. And so she doesn't have the story of I should be in pain or I need to be in, be careful because yes. my heart may not stay in rhythm. Or um, I, you know, I, I was having dinner with them, a, you know, this was a few weeks after the surgery and she had been to the doctor a couple times and the doctor was like, they're calling her this miracle woman because she's recovering so strongly and so quickly. Mm-hmm. Well, I made a comment about, wow, it's just so good to see you, and you are doing so well after surgery. And the look went across her face like, surgery? Who are you talking about? Right, what surgery? And I already knew what was going on, but as it came out of my mouth, you know, so, of course, we had the conversation again. Oh, yeah, it was no big deal. You know, a few weeks ago, your heart wasn't beating quite regularly. (laughs) Why did I say surgery? No, I mean, actually, her son was was saying Uh, this, and, you know, he has this little uh script that he uses because he, even when he took her to the doctor earlier that day, he had, she was like, why am I going to the doctor? Uh Well, you have this you have your heart wasn't beating, you know, regularly, and you had a little surgery, and they just inserted something because the pacemaker's under the skin. Mm-hmm. There's nothing that you feel. There's mm-hmm. nothing that you know. So it's like, and they inserted something. You can't see it, but it's it's there, and it just keeps make, sending signals to make sure your heart beats regularly. So he goes through that, you know, three sentences, and she's like, oh, okay, and you know, what do you want be- for lunch? But because she doesn't have any. Right attachment to this story, mm-hmm. which would be the emotional side of the experience, mm-hmm. her healing has happened, her physical healing mm-hmm. has happened, you know, a hundred times faster than anybody expected. And she doesn't keep bringing it up because she doesn't have any memory of it. And how would that be, especially with things that this is physical pain but emotional pain? Mm-hmm. If she was really scared a couple days ago because something happened, she has no memory of it now. How cool would, I mean, 
if we could really live without losing our memory, <laughs> you know, and being able to function in the world, if we could let it go. Mm-hmm. It's very clear the brain can let it right. go. Right. 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 You can walk through all. Yeah, it is. It's, I mean, it's an interesting phenomenon, and I've 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 done it lots of times over the course of my life in terms of small little you know things that should cause great pain, and I would have that experience of great pain, and I would consciously make the choice: Do I want to be? Do I choose to have this great pain? And I broke my foot a year ago around this time, and I remember being just shocked that this was a choice <laughs> made, obviously. But the pain around it and the experience of um, how much the pain was experienced, I did get to an ability to kind of understand how my mind played a really significant part in that. And if, you know, the idea of how, you know, the, you know I was fascinated when I would look at my foot, I would be in more pain. Like, oh, my God, that looks bad. If I wouldn't look at it, it's like, oh, that's so But it, it is a, it's such a sliver of space there in terms of what story I'm telling myself. And, of course, for emotional pain, it's completely that, you know. Um, like you say, sadly, the human experience kind of cuts in but um, for the physical situation, but the emotional pain is is a thousand percent of how I'm perceiving it. And I, and I guess in my mind, I still think the physical pain is as well. Although I understand that there is, when you're bowling, there's <laughs> tremendous possibility of exercising well, muscles you have not exercised in a while. And I, um, and I agree that how much I feed into it uh-huh. does effect on a scale of 1 to 10, right. is it really a level 2, but I'm convincing myself it's a level 9? Right. I think that, I think that's the, you know, that there's a range in there. I think that also relates to why some people can be, you know, moaning and groaning and testing out on biometric equipment at the same level of whatever it is and one person will say, I'm about to die, you gotta give me mm-hmm. you know, give me more mm-hmm. feed. Right. And the other person is saying, you know, that I'll kinda of grit my teeth and get through this. Um and, you know, that that and that to me is the, you know, how much of it am I influencing? How much of it is really just what my physical body is doing and how much of it is my story about it. And so I, I think the saying yes to spirit part is, um, and, I, and I'll use the example of what's going on with my body. And one of the reasons I pulled all this different stuff out was because um, I really wanted to make a conscious and intentional choice about, one, what I was it wasn't to make the pain go away as much as what can I do to support my body returning to, you know, wellness, wholeness, which is different than me 
being in control. It was like, what level of support do I need so my body can do what it needs to do? Right. To end up being pain-free again. And so, so it's, you know, and I use homeopathic stuff as much as possible or herbs or, you know, tea or whatever I can use. And so last night when I, before I went to bed, it was like, oh, I need to help my body because sleep is going, can be really healing, but let me help it. So I did take some Arnica pellets, uh, the tab, the, the pills, before I laid down, and I did a treatment. Ah, very good. That my body knows exactly what it needs to do right. and what it needs to have right. in order to ease and relieve the physical sensation of me using muscles and parts of my body that I don't normally use. And I was great. I added, included in the prayer and the treatment how grateful I was that my body operates at the level it operates and that I am in in, in really great shape, both because I do believe I'm in great shape, especially if I compare myself to other people my age, (laughs) uh, but also because I'm claiming that as the truth of me, that I am in really, my physical body is in really great shape. And I, right before I drifted off to sleep, I, I actually ended up laughing because even just doing the prayer, it was like, yeah, all of that really is true, so you can rest easy. And I laughed because three days this past week, I'm taking part in a, a 28-day gratitude mm. um, process. And one of the days, the Yesterday, in fact, the day was all about health in your body. Mm-hmm. And I had made and set an intention for the day that I would exercise and move my body. Two other days in the previous week, I just chose as my intention mm-hmm. that I wanted to exercise more and, um, you know, that I, and move my body mm-hmm. more. And so I laughed just as I was drifting off to sleep because it was like, Okay, so your body is telling you, really, it's helping you notice that you actually are following through in your intention. And that it's like, yes, keep doing this. And I'm like, oh, okay, I could see it from that perspective of my body is not really complaining. It's not punishing me. It's saying... Okay, yeah, keep going, do more. We're ramping up. We're ramping up to get there with you because that's where you want to go. And so, like, bear with us. Help us get there. Like, oh, that's really funny. And I don't know that I would have, if I hadn't, you know, started the process last night and I woke up this morning and I'd been hurting even more, I don't know if I would have been able to see that. (laughs) And you said something really interesting in that in terms of, you know, you set your intention to do something and the gratitude list. I have a friend who got a cancer diagnosis. And um, there, um, prior to her surgery, I was talking to her and she 
was doing this really exciting thing for her. It was something different for her. She had read in a book about doing a gratitude, 10 things you're grateful for every day. Mm-hmm. And um, this person doesn't necessarily always have that kind of attitude of gratitude that we talk about in 12-step programs. And so this was like learning a new language. It was really exciting. And she was amazed at, like, how much she was feeling good and how the attitude, I mean, it was, like, really just sort of like a 180-degree turn in terms of her language to me about all of this. And this was a fabulous thing. And this was, you know, really the divine. And she had a very close connection to God and having a, a nice sort of, um, understanding of listening to her own intuition, identifying that as God. Really cool, really fantastic. Had the surgery, things went well, great. Two weeks later, I'm like, how's that gratitude journal going? She was like, oh, I haven't thought about that in a while. <laughs> and I thought, that is so me, you know. I mean, in the crisis, I'm there and I'm feeling so much strangely better, right? Strangely better. Because I'm doing all this really healthy stuff when I'm in this huge crisis, red light, red light, red light. Ooh, I've got to pray. Ooh, I've got to be grateful. Ooh, I've got to do my meditation. Ooh, I'm feeling so much better. Then the crisis sort of subsides, and then, oh, I don't need that. And the spiritual practice subsides. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that is like me times ten. And how to keep that, you know, like a god. Can you imagine? I remember back when I was in college, literally, I don't know, it was like some sort of class I took or something where they, you know, they said, I'll never forget, if you save $50 a month, if you start now and save $50 a month, when you turn 50, you'll have like, you know, a quarter of a million dollars or something. If you put it in this. And it's like, that just seemed too simple at the time, and, you know, not even worth it. Not even <laughs> worth it, you know. Because surely, you know, I, I, again, I don't even know how I wrap my mind around not doing it, but it, it is unbelievable how big a simple routine activity is over time. Yes. And I think of my spiritual teacher, Reverend Beatrice, you know, really what she does in terms of um, spiritual practice, daily spiritual practice now, is really kind of small. It's like her whole being is spiritual practice. It's like she's had so much repetitive pattern of doing a daily practice that that daily practice has rippled into who she is. As long as she continues to do To do that little, yeah. But it's, I think... And I'll have to ask her this, but I think it's, you know, she does her 30 minutes, but it's like, it's more of a, it's a being. It's not a doing. It's become mm-hmm. a being versus a doing. And mine is still very much, I have to do that mother bucka bucka meditation. Yes. <coughs> so, anyway, <laughs> having quite, you know, mastered the being yet. Do that damn gratitude list. <laughs> and then I'll feel better once I do it. But yeah, that's a real grateful <laughs> attitude about it. Uh, just just saying. Just saying. Just saying. And it is a matter of repetition. And it's a matter of just doing it. I have another friend this week that was also just going on and on and on about how everything in her life has shifted. She's having some real 
stressors with uh, her son and some different things going on that have caused her a lot, a lot of emotional anxiety over the last seven, eight months. And she was just going on and on about how centered she felt, how calm she felt, and it was all based on ten minutes of meditation that she'd been doing in the morning for like a week and a half. And she's having this major shift, huge shift, ten minutes in the morning for a week and a half. It doesn't take a lot. So simple it's hard. (laughs) And hard is a four-letter word. Pain is a four-letter word. All those four-letter words. Do you think that there is such a thing as, you said, you know, the idea of spiritual pain, do you think there's such a thing as having a pain-less life? Is it possible? Tracy Byrne, can you walk through walls? Does the human experience equate some sort of, you have to have pain? Go ahead. Commit to your belief system here. Here we go. This is it. I mean, this is the ultimate spiritual question. I believe that experience Uh Mm -hmm. is the experience. And that the idea of pain is a human construct that because we believe there is pain, we create, we interpret what happens in a way that will fit the definition that we have created. So in that sense, in the human experience, I believe pain must exist and that pain is not necessarily a bad thing because, again, for me it's back to you're in a physical body suit that there are purposes for pain. The drama is what we don't have to have, I believe. I don't believe we have to have drama. I, You know, you and I both know at least one person in common who has had multiple cancer diagnoses and experiences of going through the, you know, of going through the process of treatment and healing and growing and, um, and does that, has done that in such an amazing way that reflects 99% of the time she is not caught up in the emotional story. It's right. just an experience she is right. having, and she stays amazingly grounded in the yes. spiritual truth of who she is. I mean, it has been such an example and an inspiration for me when she has been in those periods of time where she has been walking that walk. And it's almost like the cancer is an illusion. Like she doesn't buy into the cancer as a thing. But she doesn't deny it at the existence of it. Right. She simply does not give it right. the power to define who she is. She decides what she must do. She will report Today I'm I don't have energy. I today I am low on energy, and so as a result of that, I'm going to bed early, or I'm going to take an extra nap. 
but she doesn't get into the I'm a victim of this thing called cancer and I'm, you know, just, I'm not the same person and it is in control. It's like God is in control and she is walking with God instead of walking with the cancer. And that's the saying yes to spirit. And I'm having this human experience. Every human experience is God experiencing life. And so this is me and God. And so in order to honor whatever signal my body is giving me, I do this, this, and this. and Or I ask someone to help to do X, Y, and Z because I know it really needs to get done. You know, it's just been, it's fascinating to me to to observe her living what we talk about and what mm-hmm. we teach. Mm-hmm. It, in, in the idea that that the story makes the experience. It, it's the experience, you know, the story that everybody that I tell myself is different than the story you tell yourself is different than the story somebody else tells themselves, and that's why kind of everyone has their own experience because their own story is unique. And the idea of you know, she's taking that physical circumstance and it deepens her spiritual connection and it also deepens everyone around her. It gives them an option of a different way to look at things. And it's like, the ripple effect of people reminding us, and, you know, that's kind of what this hour a week does for me, in terms of reminding me I have choices of how I respond to my emotional or my physical pain. And I don't have to, I don't have to believe myself. We have a bumper sticker over the classroom door in the jail that says, um, I don't have to believe what I think. And then, mm-hmm. you know, I me, mean, it is, it's, a, it's an interesting thing when you kind of pull, kind of tips your head on its side. Well, I'm picking it. I have to know I don't have to believe that. And to, and to discover how much of my thought is defined by false beliefs of my past, by societal expectations, by cultural um you know, deep-seated cultural rituals that tell me certain things. And I guess that's why I kind of have that idea of illusion that, you know, there there's sort of a matrix of something around us that, that is a choice if I'm going to buy into that. Is, am I going to make the, make, the, make the Matrix? I never saw that movie. But is it the Matrix? You never illusion? saw the Matrix movie? No. I never impossible. Saw, I never saw One Flew Over the Christmas. So what is that Christmas movie? Christmas is the Wonderful Life with Jimmy Stewart. It's life. a Wonderful Life. Yeah, I've never seen that either. So it's, it's, yeah, people always think that's strange. And I don't like The Wizard of Oz. But enough about me. So, um, the, but the Matrix is, the Matrix is the illusion, right? That the, that what we think of as the reality of our life is really an it's illusion. It's really an illusion, yes. That yes. we have chosen. Yes, yes, yes. And that we keep yes. choosing. There you go. And that's my, that's my thinking. And that we could live right. outside of that. That's right. And that's our choice. That's right. See, that's really what I believe. And I, I double down on that. And I, and I know that I don't live that, but I double down on the belief of it. 
that it's all an illusion. And a, and a friend of mine uh, last week, you know, I think when I'm living in my highest self, I can absolutely see the real comedy of it. And she was like, you know, getting the cosmic joke is really one of the most fun things we can do as humans. It it, it, it does sort of um, put things in perspective when I can laugh at it. Perspective is good. Yes, it is. Perspective is good. So um, our time is running down. We have about five or six more minutes. What else do we want to talk about as it relates to pain and saying yes to spirit. The idea that it's illusion, you're, you're dumb talking about that. You don't want to that it's all an illusion. The um, concept, the concept of uh, sort of, we haven't talked about, you know, miraculous healing through pain or miraculous healing from pain, not through pain. That was okay. exactly the wrong kind of thing to say. Um, but uh, some 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 form of having uh, spiritual, you know, miracles, miracle healing from pain. Oh, you gave me a look. I'm just listening. I like. Where are you going with this? I have to listen. Well, I'm I'm remembering a story. This is two weeks in a row that I've told a Dr. Reverend Petra story. I remember a story she talked about um, being at a school. She worked. She was. They had a children's part of some class. Uh, kids at the church where she was for a while or something, and a kid fell, and uh, they could tell that he had broken his arm. And the the ministers and the people around the adult front did like treatment. And by the time the ambulance got there, they could tell that the arm had kind of reset itself. You're looking at me like I have three heads. You don't remember that story? You, but I don't know all her stories. I can, I can, I can remember because I so believe that more than possible, absolutely possible, without a doubt, can happen. So when I broke my foot, my first thing was, you know, kind of this having this. I held it and kind of had this belief system. You know, it's not broken, my bones don't break, losing kind of thing. Yet my foot was literally broken. Mm-hmm. And so it didn't work for me. And so, and so then comes the next, what story do I tell myself around that, right? Mm-hmm. I can't wait to hear this. <laughs> and so the, the idea that there was some message for me in that broken foot, that there was a higher meaning message and an opportunity for me. And now looking back over the ripple effect of that over the last year, I can see a ton of metaphoric meaning and and how it gave me different levels of understanding myself. But in the moment of that, that finding out that it was broken, it was like some sort of spiritual crisis. Like, this can't happen to me. My bones don't break. And so it was an interesting thing to then see how do I take my spiritual, how do I deepen it with the with with the idea that, oh, yeah, I did break. Isn't that interesting? 
Isn't that curious? And to not make it a big story. Especially a big story Because I about, love big stories. Yeah, you do. I do love big stories. And especially not a big story about I must not be doing something right, and that's why... Being punished. Yeah. I think that's the um, that's the big story that we so, in our humanness, so quickly go to. Instead of the equally easy story to go to of, wow, this is really unusual. My life doesn't usually have things like this happen, so... Let me pay attention for the, not lesson in terms of lesson because I've been bad, Mm -hmm. but what this is pointing me toward Mm -hmm. is, you know, clearly giving me a different experience. And one of the reasons it has to be so different is so I pay attention. Right. So so it's it's leading me to something that's either about to change, has already changed. Wow, now now I'm playing detective. In a in a fun a kind of it's an adventure. Yeah, way. like that. Yes. Versus, I'm playing detective to try to uncover all the things I've <laughs> I've done, or detective to prove all the things other people are doing that screw up my life. Oh, that's even better. Right. There's there <clears throat> there are these three different possible ways to focus. One is internal for error, one is internal for opportunity, and the other is just external. Other people or the world have it, have it, see, life is against me. And this is proof. Well, absolutely, what I'm looking to prove, I will prove. Absolutely. Absolutely, without a doubt. I will we prove. always do. I will prove my story. And so do you think we can uh, learn just as easily from joy as we can from pain? Well, of course we can. That's what Oprah said. What do we learn from joy, though? How do we learn from joy? How do we learn? If we're in joy, we're just being, right? We don't learn. Are we learning? That three-head thing again. You have this very... You should have been a parent. (laughs) I don't know that we learn. We're in joy. We're not learning. We're just being. I don't even know what to say to that. <laughs> if I am in well, joy... Well, maybe we talk about joy. If I am in joy, uh-huh. I am recognizing Damn. all that is good in whatever is going on. And the more I do that, the more I see the insights that bring more joy and the more peace. And I'm, that's what I'm it's looking for. It's a deepening, for. not a learning, but it's a deepening. I don't know. Your definition. <laughs> Of joy, your definition of learning, learning, and your definition of deepening, and unfortunately, we just That's don't it. have time to even go in that direction. So this is all we time we have to talk about pain, emotional pain, physical pain, and how saying yes to spirit contributes to us navigating the pain that shows up in our lives. So glad you joined us, and until next time, say, say yes to spirit.
throat. You gotta be so cold. Yeah, you're a natural. Alexa, play Imagine Dragons. Okay. Cause you're a With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get access to over 50 million songs. Download the Amazon Music app today.